I knew a really? uh, a Polish sound engineer once. And you check one two, check one two. Hello and welcome to the Cisco Technology Podcast. It's me, Justin Woolen, and me, Mark Jackson. He's back! I'm back again after a quite a little bit of a gap. Actually. I know, Joachim, Joachim edged his way in. Did he edge his way back he, in? He, he pushed his way right in mm. and then got promoted and now where is he? Oh, look at me, running the world. So yeah. what you're saying is that now Joachim's gone, I'm allowed back in. Is that, <laughs> yeah, but is that essentially but he, but, what you're yeah. telling me? Well, it's a bit career limiting for me taking like that because <laughs> he's gone to be my boss's boss now. So I'm like, oh, I've got to be nice to him as well. But yeah, yeah, he's, 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 he's still here. He is still he's here. He's still about. He's just that I'm, if I, if I need... If I need a co-host to turn up. <laughs> well, he has a PA now, so I have to work with his PA to get time with him. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. That sounds like hard work. That That's does. too much lardy da that is. Yeah, That's yeah, like yeah. too posh. A little bit. No, look at me. So I'm, I'm back. I have an executive assistant. <laughs> so I'm back. So you're back. And we're not talking about security today. No, we're not. We're no. not. We're not. We're going back to the eons of time, back to episode four <laughs> and five and talking Wi-Fi today. So, uh, so yeah, so we are talking Wi-Fi 6. We are. It's nothing to do with Maroon 5. No. Uh, or the M4. Um, or any other things that has a letter and a number in it. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, we're talking all things new Wi-Fi 6 all today. So, Wi-Fi. And we are joined by, by second-time contributors, Jason Tyler and Brett Martin. Welcome back after... Three years. Mm. I can't believe the podcast has been going for over three years now. Shocking, isn't it? And I'm still doing it. They still (laughs) let me do it. And people are still listening to it. (laughs) So, hello, Jason. Hello, Justin. You all right, mate? Yeah, yeah, all good, all good. It's been a long, long time since episodes four and five. (laughs) I know, he walked in and he went, where did all this kit come from? And I then realised that because he was on episode four and five, we were on on podcast version 1.0, which was like basically... um, A handheld recorder. A handheld recorder (laughs) sat in the middle of the room. Anyway, and we're also joined by esteemed leader from the world of Meraki. There it is. There it is. Brett Martin, back again. Back again. After Thanks episode. very much. Great to be here. I know. Thank you and, wel- and welcome back. And thank you both for joining. Uh, we, we mean, the one thing that's been very consistent, in fact, the two people who have been very consistent in this is that I've got a new job. Brett's got a new job. There we go. Jason still does the same job, and Mark still does the same job. So job I mean, I, I, I'm just yeah. saying, yeah, job satisfaction. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. We're content with yeah. what we're we really have. happy. We're yeah. me, and, me yeah. and Brett are, 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 are big pusher pusher honors in the career career annals of Cisco. Yeah. Anyway, so thanks both for coming back on. Your names did come straight to the top of the pile, as uh, everyone else didn't respond to any of my emails. Um, thanks, mate. <laughs> <only> joking. <laughs> But um, so we're here to talk all things Wi-Fi six. Um, I really don't know a lot about it, and I used to think I used to know Wi-Fi because um, I do. I was a Wi-Fi engineer, but I just feel that moving into this new role now, I'm not able to keep up to speed with stuff. So I've used this as a bit of an opportunity to actually learn about it because we've a done lot. we've done five G, which have. I learned a lot about, and now now we do Wi-Fi six. So um, who who wants to kick it off? Can see if I can kick things off. Get so, so when he moves to the technical stuff, we'll hand over to Jason. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is a bit like keep him honest, Jason. Being yes. the first to the bar in the happy hour. 
<laughs> so Wi-Fi six in in my in my simple brain, I guess there's two sides to it. So let's start with the name of it, I suppose. So Wi-Fi six, we've not really talked about Wi-Fi in these terms before. It's normally been, normally been using the IEEE standard name, which is something like I A C and before that A two eleven N and A B G before that. Oh, those are the days. Oh, oh 802.11. Yeah. yeah. I remember when that was one meg and two meg. Yeah. So oh, that still still exists. So to, to clarify, what we're talking about here is 802.11ax. The Wi-Fi Alliance, who are the body who owns the trademark Wi-Fi, have decided to make it all easier for us by calling it Wi-Fi 6, which I think is a very good idea. And uh, they've renamed all the previous standards uh, Wi-Fi five four three two and uh, one. So Wi-Fi one is what? That would be, I guess. <laughs> guess. <laughs> was that 802.11? <laughs> then Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi two would be 802.11b. Then Wi-Fi three would be 802.11a and g. Then Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi five would be 11ac. Yeah. Well, you could go back. No, where does four then? Where does four go then? Four would be dot eleven n. Four was eleven n. Yeah, and then yeah. five was AC. Yeah. God, we just reverse engineered it and worked it out. Wow, look at the intelligence yeah. in this room. I know room. Google was needed. In <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Uh, None podcast. of us is on Google Snoogles. <laughs> right. Okay. Cool. Okay. So um, that's why it's called Wi-Fi Six. There you go. Yeah. Wi-Fi Alliance thought they'd make it easy for us all. Yeah. Oh. They brought it in line with you know because everyone's used to three G, four G, five G, and so you thought, well, let's just call it Wi-Fi Six, Wi-Fi Five. You know, because no one really understands what AX is. We, we do, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I mean, the, yeah, the consumer, let's put it that way, the consumer doesn't. Mm. So, what you're saying is it's marketing? Yeah, of yeah. course it is. Okay. Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. So, so, just to be clear, so everyone knows when people are talking about 802.11ax, it's the same as Wi Fi 6. Correct. Great. Right. So, we've cleared that up, and, and for, for the techies out there, you're going to have to lump it, lump it because it's, it's now here to stay. Yeah. Oh, right. right, okay. Uh, but it's been around for a very long time, and but why do we need a new standard? What is the benefits it's bringing? Because like 11AC is, and then we had we had there was two kinds of 11AC mm. as well. There was Wave One and Wave Two. So we had so we had Wi-Fi 5.5 and 5.5, <laughs> yeah. didn't we? 5.0 and 5.1. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there you go. Well yeah, done. There you go. Okay, well done. Um, but but why why do we need it now? What what is it so? different it's, it's a bit like you mean we're going to do a lot of comparison between 5g hmm. and 4g hmm. but it's like why why now what is so special about six or what is the problems that it's solving why are we doing it yeah so i, I guess the challenge you got with wi-fi today and historically it's not really changed that much in in this context but um it's a shared medium you know so every time i transmit you know i have to get a response from all my clients uh, and because we're in a we're in a marketplace now where we're doing lots of voice over wi-fi Cumulatively, you get a lot of delay, and uh, as a result of that, your Wi-Fi experience can be quite poor if you have a lot of clients on there. So if you're doing voice over Wi-Fi today on existing networks, we recommend no more than 25 users per AP. But as we go into the realms of uh, Wi-Fi 6, we can increase that up to 80 clients Because in user. the real world, isn't it? You mean you don't go, ooh. Because we, we design Wi-Fi networks now for capacity, not for, yeah, not, not, yeah. not, for, not, for, not for coverage. Not for coverage. Yeah. And it's about, and we all look at it in this room now, and oh, we've all got loads of devices. We've got two, three, four devices. You stick that in a, an office. And we've talked about students before. It always used to be the focus of 
identity and that's it but it's it's in everyone's environment now we're doing more stuff aren't we like you talk about voice but we're doing video as well over wi-fi oh, so and iot and yeah. i mean i think the days of us coming to an office and plugging in i think those days are largely gone now i think everyone's using wi-fi as their primary method of connectivity but it's not just it's not just our laptops it's our phones it's iot devices it's business uh, building management and all that kind of stuff so they've all got to share the airspace and i think we need a more intelligent reuse of the airspace to enable tomorrow's network because it is a shared medium it is a not a finite bunch of frequencies that mm. we have we've only got a certain amount of channels and even when you thought that uh, 802.5 gig mm. um was the saviour of all huh. mankind yeah. because of the more channels that we've got. Like, I don't know, yeah. we've got like 17 in the UK reusable channels. You can like use that. up to 19 in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah 19 yeah. in the UK. Yeah. So that's that's great. But even that's not solving all the problems, is mm. it? It's not, it's not a bandwidth. No. So what I'm trying to say is that we've we've got a certain amount of frequencies. It's a it's 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 unlicensed spectrum. We've got to make the most of it. So innovation and re and and reinnovating in that space again yeah. is what yeah. we need. Make better I th- use. I of think it. in in my uh, in, in my head, probably the, the the simplest way to describe why you need it is just think of your experience that you've had when you've tried to connect to Wi-Fi at a gig or at a large event or anything where you've got... Well, I was going to say at a gig, well, a one gig bandwidth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, really I wondered that Wi-Fi. as well. <laughs> He's so young and hip. <laughs> but you know what I mean. At, yeah. a, at, a, at a large event, even uh, something like Cisco Live, where the network is put together by... Uh, by Cisco engineers who absolutely know what they're doing, uh, you know, you get into that large uh, that large keynote space where you've got five, six, seven thousand people, and that's really challenging to give a decent experience yeah. over Wi-Fi to all those clients. Uh, so while the standards have come a long way, and, and 11AC has, has given us the best the best experience we've ever had over wireless before, there's still room for improvement, and that's I think where where Wi-Fi six is really going to help in those really oh, sort brilliant. of super challenging high density environments. Okay, um, and those environments are sitting everywhere now, aren't they? They're not mm. just I'm just saying they don't just sit in universities or yeah. schools. Yeah. Like they they do sit everywhere you because mean, the number of devices we've got i guess and, 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 and we're doing more with them and we're yeah. doing more with them yeah okay. yeah so what are the uh so what are the the um the benefits then of Wi-Fi six yeah i mean we could go for speeds and feeds you know you're clearly going to get faster throughputs and uh so what, what, what throughput do you think you're going to get then in these? well you know i mean the standard will allow you to go up to 9.6 gig of throughputs you're getting close to 10 gig across the air interface well literally know? so yeah, i could ha- yeah. i could do 10 gig on my laptop over the air pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. then you hit the, the one gig uplink to the switch that's a good point because no I mean, but it's an engineering consideration yeah, right yeah. Mm. if you're pushing that bandwidth at the edge your bottleneck's not your wi-fi anymore the bottleneck's in your land infrastructure yeah. so it's, a, it's so another buy consideration. A new network from cisco yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the vendors aren't available yeah. <laughs> so yeah so you got the speeds and feeds um obviously you're going to benefit um, because so, got- so what is it that so how are we making it so the benefit is speed but how do we how do we get those speeds then yeah so the, there's lots of uh, new modulation techniques that have been introduced into into this standard um, so we'll, I guess we're going to touch on those shortly, but we've got OFDMA. Um, Which stands for? <laughs> thanks, Mark. That's all right. <laughs> Which stands for Orthogonal, Orthogonal. Frequency Division Multi-Access. Um, and that's 
something that we've borrowed well, from 5G. So this is what 5G is actually utilising on their networks. So similar sort of standards. So it's just a it's a, it's a smart, clever way of using for that. But it is that that bit of of using smart ways of using modulation in other 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 ways. So mm. like you say, we're using it in 5G. That's what works. High bandwidth, all those things. But you can use it there as well. And how does it yeah. compare to kind of what we've got in Wi-Fi 5 or .11 AC? Yeah, so we have something similar in, in Wi-Fi 5 and, and, and AC, which is called OFDM, which is orthogonal, three key, orthogonal frequency division multiple axis. No, no, no. no. Oh. <laughs> He's got it wrong. <laughs> orthogonal frequency division multiplexing. There yeah. Go. yeah, there we go. Got it. So that gave us quantum 256. It gave us quantum 256, and we know all about that one, don't we, Josh? Yes, you we did. We did. many electrons on that. You have given many electrons on that, and, <laughs> but, and people uh, have walked away with bleeding eardrums. Yes, yeah, so bleeding eyes from the PowerPoints as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that gave us 256 quantum. And so in, in that theory, if you're going from 256 to 1024, then then that's a 400% improvement? Four times four increase, times, yeah. Pretty, yeah. yeah. Four, four times, yeah. which is 400%. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Um, so yeah, so you've got a four times improvement then on on from 11AC. Yeah. So that's, you I mean, I know, I'm not going to try and do the maths, but I know, so that gets us up to 9.6 gig then. That's one of the elements, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, and, I, and I think what contributes to that is the ability to um, send different information to different clients at the same time. So, like a, because at the moment it's it's Wi-Fi is the medium that only one device can talk at any one time. Yeah. So, if you consider today's AC and how we've been doing it for many years with all the rest of the, the Wi-Fi four, three, and two, and all one, um, it's you essentially have a twenty megahertz channel. And you know, it doesn't matter if I've got a an IoT device which has got a couple of bytes of information, or I've got a streaming video which has got you know megabytes of information. I'm using that one twenty megahertz channel. So if I've got lots of IoT devices, which is another key benefit of of uh, Wi-Fi six, then it means yeah, if I'm sending bytes of information, I'm not intelligently using that bandwidth. Mm -hmm. So OFDMA allows you to reserve elements of that bandwidth at 20 megahertz which means you can segment it yeah i mean I, I guess a good way to kind of think about it imagine you're stood at a train station and um a train pulls up and it's got 10 carriages and you're the only person there and you get on and that's a direct route to london it's not a very effective use of that train whereas if you get to a train station there's a thousand people waiting for that same train and they all get on at the same time it's a more efficient use of that train think of that in in wi-fi 6 multiple clients yeah so multiple clients multiple different clients i guess is a key thing you can send multiple different information to different clients at the same time mm. right okay you know. so parallel versus serial processing absolutely yeah yeah, yeah okay. absolutely cool Right, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> what more do you need to know? Yeah. All right, okay. So that's the kind of speeds and feeds piece. Uh, what else kind of flows into that in terms of new technology that Wi-Fi 6 brings along? Yeah, so um, so if we consider, again, the IoT devices, uh, nothing... Is it, were you just going to all go on about IoT devices oh, for this? IoT. Yeah, but it's, it, I, I really struggle with it because it's sort of a bit of going, everyone keeps pointing at it, and I go, okay, I get it. But mm. I, I think we are on the cusp of... A revolution with IoT, dare I say it? It was even you, on. You really it was even on Eurovision. <laughs> it was even on Eurovision. You see, like, there was robots was dancing. I went and I was like, "Is that they like were. IoT then? Yeah. IoT Eurovision? <laughs> Connected robots. We don't talk about Eurovision because we didn't do very well. Yeah, we get nil point. 
Yeah. No, we didn't. We got about we got six, I think. No, <laughs> we got thirteen when I looked, and then okay. I fell asleep. Oh well, we got points. Wow. We got points, but but yeah, the Netherlands won. I think the people vote. Congratulations. Yeah, yay Netherlands to yeah. all our Dutch friends and listeners out there. Um, <laughs> right. IOT. No, don't. Oh, I'm gonna have to edit that out now. <laughs> um, right. Okay. So uh, so IOT. Go on then. Keep going. So IOT then. So target wake time. I mean, the standard says you can send the client to sleep for five years. No, the chances are you're not. Crikey, people on this could be falling asleep for ten years. No client's going to wake up after five years. But the standard says you can do that. What it means is you can tell these IOT devices to go to sleep for a a longer period of time, which means they're going to save on battery life. You know, ultimately that's what we're looking at. So if, if an IoT device only has a couple of bytes of information to send, you know, why keep on having it active all the time? Just say, go to sleep and I'll buffer your information and when you wake up, you'll have all the information you need. That's so cute. in more intelligent use again. Okay, so that reduces the battery life, especially at the IoT level. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, obviously you can use it for um, phones as well. Okay. You know, you're gonna, yeah. you can tell the phones to go to sleep more often than your client devices. So, you know, it's not just... So IoT having all these devices. IoT devices in, yeah. in the in the workspace now, and we will talk about what, where's the difference mm. between outside, because 5G is big on IoT as well, isn't it? If you want to listen to that podcast, you can do as well. Um, but it's it's sort of taking that, allowing the, the infrastructure is now ready and available to start to connect IoT things over Wi-Fi in the office space or in the building yeah for sure i mean the, the chipset that we've got in obviously includes BLE in the chipset in our latest What's that? Uh, range of access points has uh, BLE stands for energy. okay Bluetooth low energy okay <laughs> got in there for quick um, so that's in all our range of access points and um, but we also have Zigbee which is part of the chipset so again Zigbee's a, a big thing in the IoT world uh, and that's something else we can take advantage so of we can have, so we've got lots of different kinds of radios in there now so we've not yes. just got the 2.4 yes. and 5 gig radios we've yeah. got the so we've also got, home um, automation, IoT standards. Yeah, that yeah. yeah. I think my my, my um, you probably find heating thing yes. in the house mm. uses smart that. Yeah. Yeah. Smart meters, yeah, smart meters. Yeah, All right, okay, cool. So uh, we've got benefits to IoT. We've got the change in modulation. It makes it faster. What what are the things there to help to help to uh, to solve? So there's another key thing which kind of comes into this. Is something called BSS coloring, which is basic service set coloring. What does so, that mean, though? Yeah, so today, if if we take the 2.4, in fact, incidentally, we should point this out, um, Wi-Fi 6 works in both 2.4 gigs and 5 gigs, whereas AC was 5 gigs only previously. Mm-hmm. Oh, the benefits for it were only 5 gigs, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. No, no, AC only works in uh, in 5 gigs. Yeah, okay. 5 gigs band. So, but um, the Wi-Fi 6 works in both the 2.4 gigs and 5 gigs. Okay. So why, uh, why are we going back into 2.4 gig, given all the... the- Horror stories you tend to hear about overuse of the spectrum. It is. It's, it's overused and it's, it's a difficult band. There's lots of interference in it, but it's IoT devices. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So mm. IoT devices sit within that band predominantly, um, right. and for yeah, for reasons such as cost mm-hmm. uh, and uh, cheaper to develop uh, drivers and chipsets in that band. So uh, Wi-Fi six is predominant with IoT. Yeah. Hence why. It Hence this using it. dual band. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. So BSS coloring. So BSS coloring. So today then, if if I we've taken two point four gigs as an example, if I transmit on channel one, and I've got my client transmitted to the AP, every other client in that area that happens to be on the same channel or access points on the same channel has to go into hold off mode. And that hold off mode means they have to go to silent. You know, Wi-Fi is a polite protocol, it, you know, listen before transmit. So I have to wait until a predefined period and then as soon as the channel is available, then I can transmit. Um, BSS colouring, you know, what we're walking into now is high density environments, everywhere is, is, is densely deployed. 
uh, which means you are going to have overlapping cells on the same channel. You know, it's invariably you, you are going to see that in most deployments. Uh, and so in order to get around this challenge of having to wait to transmit, which means you're going to get delay, and if you've got real-time applications, you will notice it. Um, BSS Colin says, when I connect in my headers, I'm going to get told, right, you're connecting to AP1, you're going to get color red. Yeah. Okay, okay that's my client color. Um, opposingly, an access point and a client connected to an adjacent AP on the same channel, when they connect to that one, they're going to get color green, for example. Now, when my client starts transmitting and happens to be interfering with the adjacent AP, I can tell that my client, say, well, you're part of my cell. You know, I tell you what, if you reduce your power slightly, um, then I'll allow you to talk to me simultaneously while the other AP is allowing his client to talk to him. So what that means is both clients on different access points on the same channel can use the same channel at the same time. So it's, is it the APs are basically working together to say, right, I'm going to turn my power down, you turn your power down. Yeah, they're going to effectively tell the clients to turn their power. Oh, down. the clients, because yeah. obviously the client yeah. noise floor, because it is like you I mean it's getting to the environment. If you're going to say like we're all at a party mm. and it's um, and everyone's shouting. everyone's yeah. Sh- talking, yeah. so everyone increases their noise a bit louder, louder, and then it gets it louder. And it's yeah. like if everyone just spoke and whispered, yeah, it would be great. Absolutely, it'd be a boring party, but it'd be whispering, and you could also hear the music. <laughs> <laughs> but then you wouldn't have to turn the keep turning the music up so loud. So it's that sort of analogy. Then yeah. is, it, is that yeah. a fair thing? To yeah, that's a good analogy. So all he's just saying yeah. is going right. You're, I'm I'm red. I'm talking to the AP that's red. I'm going to just we all going to quiet down. Yeah, because if you're an, if you're a client which is supposed to be talking to red, but you're in that comfort zone between the two cells and you're shouting, you know, mm. why shout? You know, turn your power down, you can talk to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then it's a, just keep... a, a more efficient use of yeah. the limited mm. resource. Okay, yeah. great. So that's colouring. What other things make things makes it super fast and super? The thing we got is multi-user MIMO. Uh, so it's multi in, multi out. Well done. Um, so that's been part of the standard you know uh, 11ac or wi-fi 5 use that standard but the problem with that in that standard it was optional um and the difference is now with um uh, wi-fi 6 it's mandatory so what does it do so what that does it, it's it's just a very very clever form of beam forming um so as long as you got a good split between your clients you know in, in the room as in physical separation physical mm-hmm. separation yeah then you can effectively beam form uh, to different clients so it's like like radio spotlighting so it puts a spotlight yeah. on the client from the yeah. access point yeah so you got a, 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 a so like a glitter ball it's like a, gl- it. it's like a glitter ball <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of <laughs> If you want to use that analogy. Well, no, but I'm just trying to... It's the only thing I could think of that there's a light that, apart from like, like I'm a, a light cluster, but actually having something that spreads, beams the light everywhere, and you can it's dots, it's where, but the actual right. focus goes on to the actual where the, cli- where the, you, the client is. It is, yeah. So you're focusing the it's beam... It's not a great analogy, but yeah. I like the glitter ball. I'm, I'm with you on it. I can, I can yeah. follow it. Okay. So that's now mandatory. So, every so that's mandatory in, in Wi-Fi 6, which means the clients have to support that as one okay. of the access points, where it, it was optional previously. Okay. So, um, so th- that's one of the key things that you will benefit from. If if you don't have AX clients, for example, on your network, then at least you can take advantage of multi-user MIMO. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's something that will. Be so done. that so you you you've touched it there though. So the one thing that <laughs> always comes out that when you go talk about customers Wi-Fi and they go, oh yeah, we need the latest and greatest, and going yeah, but how many Wi-Fi six clients have you got? I go, I've got none. Yeah, <laughs> or, or something like that, and so that's it. So, what are the benefits to existing clients? Oh, and when I'm talking about clients, I mean I'm talking about phones, or smart smart phones, mm. smart devices, laptops, those sort of things. What yeah. are sort of going to be the benefits to the the, the, the all the, all, 
Brett came up with a good explanation for this. Did earlier, you? Actually, about the antennas. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think of the the new APs, ultimately have a load more antenna, a load more send and receive radios. So, we're talking on the high end APs about having um, eight transmit, eight receive. Um, the the highest end uh, Wi-Fi five APs had four transmit, four receive. Um, antenna so you just got more years and more mouths to to listen to more stuff yeah and uh, i mean practically what that means i mean from the the guys that have been testing this in in uh in in the meraki building in san francisco they have seen the cells uh being that bit larger they've actually been able to blast through uh walls and floors that much more effectively so practically they're seeing that the that the wi-fi um the wi-fi cell size is just that bit uh, that bit larger it's able to get through uh get through obstructions that bit easier oh, so wow. yeah there, there are sort of practical differences in, in just in the way see. that the signal's propagated and because you've got eight transmitters eight or well, eight transmitters if you're going through stuff yeah but also eight receivers so when your client is transmitting he's got eight ears that can pick it up hmm. and then combine all those signals to actually go right actually that's what the person's saying yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so I mean, you'd think back all the way in our history lesson back to 11B, you all, all, always had uh, two antenna on, on your AP. Um, we only ever used one of those at any one time. So That's called diversity, wasn't it? There you go, antenna didn't diversity. We do, didn't we do that in, the, in, the, in episode we did four that and five? In episode four or five, yeah. yeah there we go, <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> the, go back and listen to that if you want to know more about it. But the... The, the theory is still the same. So, I mean, even if you're using uh, one or two spatial streams, you only really need one or two uh, antenna on out of those eight. You've now got, you can, you've got the ability to choose the best one or two uh, streams that you, that you received, one, yeah. one or two antenna that you received that data on. So uh, the, the receive sensitivity is, is that much better, which does have practical, practical benefits. Oh, good. For so, all so, so, th- so it's, the older clients are going to still get benefits from it as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you can run it in a mixed environment. So, hmm. and and that sort of leads to what devices are out there that does. Well, that's a good question because I, um, I know you wrote it on the board. <laughs> <laughs> there are very limited clients, to be fair. I mean, we are aware of of one client that's got it, and that's the Samsung S10, and. Um, that is an AX capable client, but you know, in real terms, we're not going to see any real proliferation in the marketplace for at least another 12 months I would say yeah. right. 12 months, yeah. is that because the standard's not fully ratified yet is it either so Correct. are people waiting for that do you think or is it just it takes that long to get the chipsets I think there's and... been a, a delay in chipsets yeah. so I think it's you know the manufacturers are waiting for those chipsets to become available but um, you're quite right actually Mark I mean the, the ratification from the Wi-Fi Alliance mm. is not going to be till the last quarter of this calendar year yeah and IEEE will, will finally ratify the standard uh, next year. So, yeah. you know, towards the end of this year, we will know the standards. Um, we will know the standards that are going to be adopted by the Wi-Fi Alliance. So we will understand those, uh, what's going to be included in the chipsets. And I guess you know, s- some of that's you know, the manufacturers waiting on. Yeah. Mm. Um, wh- what are they going to adopt in their particular chipsets as well? Which we've seen in other yeah. Wi-Fi standards as well. We saw say, in .NET yeah. and AC. And yeah. yeah, there was a lot of pre-jumping of the standards. But mm. as long as your software and hardware can make those final tweaks if there yeah. are changes to the standard yeah. then mm-hmm. you're in good shape yeah i guess it's like you say it always seems to be the way mm. that the infrastructure seems to jump forward and then the clients follow yeah. so it's uh yeah it's it's no different this no. time around no 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 
So uh, we've also got something else going with with, with Samsung, aren't we? We're not just a, they're not just a manufacturer for us, are they? No, I think we've we've actually worked quite closely with Samsung uh, as part of that development. Um, so you may be familiar that we've got a relationship with Apple. Um, so you've probably heard that Apple devices will work better on a, on a Cisco Meraki network. And that's because of that relationship we have at an engineering level. So uh, the industry are aware of that. They're, under, they're aware of um, the benefits that has for Apple devices on a Cisco network. So... Um, you know, we've worked with Samsung to achieve some sort of results. So Samsung will work better on a, on a Cisco Wi-Fi network. And so you know, I guess the key takeaway from this is watch this space. More information will be coming to market as that device is, uh, be, is commonplace uh, or deployed more often. Um, we will see some more uh, innovative uh, stuff coming out from Samsung. So what we've got with cool. Apple, we'll probably see with Samsung too. Okay, great. Um, so the other thing that uh, comes into this is, and, and, and we've had conversations around this, is about Wi-Fi 6 versus 5G. Well, I could say, well, Wi-Fi 6 is a bigger number than 5, so, we so obviously, it obviously better. wins. Yeah. Um, but no, what, what's the thoughts on that? You mean, are they com- com- competing or are they compatible? So an interesting one, and I think there's, there's a lot of shared... Uh, kind of technology and, and techniques used in used in each so some of the ways that that uh, 5g is getting more efficient use out of the cellular license spectrum we're using in wi-fi 6 to get better use out of the unlicensed spectrum um my my take on this is that you know we've been we've been here before i can remember back uh in sort of early 2000s when when wi-fi was just starting to gain traction it was at sort of the same kind of time that people really started to get uh to, to be using data over the cellular network and people were saying well is there any point in wi-fi and i think the 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 sort of same arguments then um still apply now really that it's it's a different uh it, it's a different consumption model firstly um so if you think of cellular it's pay as you go uh, you're you're paying for 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 data yeah or um, pay pays you or it's a subscription based exactly yeah with uh with with wi-fi of course you're sticking it over your own lan and you've got infinite use of bandwidth in terms of the applications that that they that they they both enable there's there's a significant I think that's that's really where it's quite exciting, isn't it? You know, think of what you can now do with with both of these technologies in terms of uh, you know, virtual reality and all of this kind of amazing new things. And, and every time you see sort of a jump forward in terms of um, in terms of bandwidth, you very often see a jump forward in terms of innovation of, of the applications that sit on top. And I think that I mean the two of them are ultimately um, complementary. I think of of five G as being. You know, fantastic for outdoor wi-fi 6 is going to be fantastic for indoor not saying that that the two of those are kind of mutually exclusive but i think generally it's going to be much more cost effective for um, high bandwidth indoor applications to be running wi-fi 6 rather than putting in um, indoor cellular Um, so there's a number of different ways to answer the question but uh, yeah have you got any any thoughts on it, Jason? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point, and, and I think um, whereas five G is obviously designed to be outdoor use and, and very much in the licensed band, um, the Wi Fi six is unlicensed, uh, but we can still use outdoors, and there have been some significant improvements in in guard intervals, which means you can get further uh, backhaul links. 
as well. So if you if you've got mesh uh, for outdoor, um, then absolutely Wi-Fi six. You know you can use that outdoors and get longer hops and more efficient use of that hop, multi hop, should I say? Mm. All right. Okay. So so. Anything when we did the uh, 68. Ooh, so episode out. 68 is, uh, if you want to go back and listen to that, but it, it felt very that 5G was outdoor, outdoor not going to have that huge amount of penetration into buildings, depend, especially with the nowadays, the way things are built so thermally yeah. and, and uh, ecologically aware. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. And then sort of high performance indoor, high performance outdoor. Yeah, and, but I think like. it was solving similar problems though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, was, it was the, the IoT thing very fully. It was in terms of security segmentation yeah. Yeah. Uh, and things like that. Yeah, they were the main, Yeah, the latency side of things. So they, they was the the biggest part it wasn't just about bandwidth was it everyone keeps talking about 5g as the oh my god it's going to be the super bandwidth stuff of the no. next generation like, no it's not it's, it's just similar technology but it's giving more efficient, it more efficient and mm. using it for other things yeah um so that's really good so um next thing is what about migration in this area how does a customer what do the customers need to think about if they're thinking right okay new wi-fi standard out new wi-fi six i fancy some of that mm. I, what are the things they need to be thinking about? I guess there's there's a few things. I mean, practical considerations. First of all, have got to be exactly as you spoke mm. about earlier on, Mark, around your backhaul bandwidth. Mm-hmm. That, you know, all of this benefits of super high speeds and feeds over your wireless interface if that's then going on to a one gig uh one gig lan then that's uh that's no good that's then where your bottlenecks it mm-hmm. so we've got and we have had for for several years a technology called m gig which then enables you to have uh two and a half five gig all the way up to 10 gig data rates mm-hmm. over copper the the other consideration you need to think about there is your cabling so Typically, if you've got um, Cat 5e or better, then you can you can get take advantage of those new data rates. But if you've got older cabling in place, then you won't be able to. So uh, that's definitely one thing mm. to think about. So M gig um, and and related to that is your cabling. Um, related again is power. So take a look at the power requirements for your new APs. So we're asking more and more and more of a PoE powered device and that becomes quite difficult to get all of those features um, to on a device that only consumes 15.4 watts. So just make sure that when you're looking at your data sheets, you work out if you can get away with uh, the the sort of original PoE standard, mm-hmm. um, or if you need PoE plus, which is is um, very much more likely with the the next generation Wi-Fi six APs. Great. So um, so that's bandwidth and power. So. Think about your network because your wired network is now. Where's this? Is it, all this edge Wi-Fi is going to be throwing all this data onto the onto the and bandwidth onto your network? Does you does your wired network become your bottleneck? Think about the power requirements. What about what else? What else do we need, Jason? Yeah, so I guess uh, some of it comes into the customer's buying cycle. So you know, a lot of customers that we see, some of them have a refresh cycle every three years, for example. Um, others may wish to sweat the assets and may push those to seven or even longer. You know, so 
I guess it depends on the customer, but if, if you're in a position now where you've got a long refresh cycle, then you want to get the latest and greatest in, so go with Wi-Fi 6 if you can. Because it's uh, going to be around for a long time. It's going to be it? around for some time, yeah. yeah. Um, alternatively, you know, if, if you're going to refresh every, every three years or so, and you may even have requirements such as location services, and you know, our current range of 11AC Wave 2 access points all very, very competent AP, so you, you can still confidently deploy those in any deployment, you know, because they are you know, higher-end access points, have been around for some time, tried and tested uh, technology, so you can still confidently deploy those, but let's not kind of, you know, push you away from Wi-Fi 6. You know, if Wi-Fi 6 is appropriate for your deployments, it is new, it is the latest technology, but certainly, yeah, definitely consider it as part of the deployment. Can you do a mixed environment, as in sort of old, if I'm halfway through a deployment, or as in I'm refreshing some builders and they've got AC, Wave 2 APs, and then I go, all right, do I want to go with, with Wi-Fi 6 APs? Can I do that? Yeah, sure. I think it's, it's the same with any migration. I think you still want to try and contain areas of new and old to different areas of your building if you can. So if, you got, if you're doing like a campus... You just go right. This building's it haven't yeah. been done yet. Let's yeah. go. Let's keep it, it to a building. Building by building, I would say, it would be mm. best practice. I guess what you've got to think about is that the, a lot of the decisions are made on the client side. So you think of of roaming, um, and frankly, we don't have any control over how that client is going to behave. If that's uh, if that's a, a, an Apple device, for example, um, we don't. We don't know how how that Apple device is going to roam per se. That while we've got some control over it, is relatively limited. So it's down to Apple to determine how that device is going to behave in that environment where perhaps it can hear a Wi-Fi 6 AP at lower RSSI than it can hear a Wi-Fi 5 AP. What's it going to prefer? And it could introduce challenges if you've mm. got an inconsistent environment. So yeah, yeah, so think about those edges of those areas of where you're going to be roaming from. It just mm. must really put more consideration into it. Uh, maybe do a bit. We always talk about testing and we always talk about um, like surveys and things like that, Absolutely, don't we? I mean, Wi-Fi yeah. surveys, nothing's changed in that respect, though, is it, Jason? Absolutely. I think um, we're always going to push this mantra, aren't we? You know, survey, 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 every time. You know, if you can do surveys, then absolutely do it. But I think, you know, if you've already designed your Wi-Fi network for 5 gig, you've already got it for capacity and not coverage, uh, you've already got your cell overlap at the edge, you know, of uh, 15 to 20%, you know, those kind of parameters. Then, in general, you can you could probably one for one your access points. You, know, you could replace yeah. one for like for like. But um, if your Wi-Fi network was designed five years ago and it was for coverage, then you do need to reconsider your design parameters for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think um, yeah the, the actual decision on AX clients. You know, when we're going to see a proliferation in the marketplace of those, that's probably going to be you know in the next twelve months. We're probably going to see after that point a growth in that market. But um, I would always say, again, if you have the opportunity, get a lab in and, and do some interrupt testing. You know, it's a, it's a new product. You know, you want to make sure that your driver set's absolutely spot on for the new deployment. Because that's never changed. That's, that's the yeah. same stuff mm. that's in episode it's, four and five is yeah, about that is. testing, that using the client. None of that is changing. It's still a radio medium. Right. It's, mm. it's surprising. I mean, I know it's, it sounds fairly basic, but it's surprising how often it gets forgotten about. And um, it is general stuff. You need to you, RF. You know, once you get your RF sorted... 80% of your issues will go out of the way, yeah, you know, right. so uh, if, you, if you get the, the drivers done, test it, interop, 
testing done. Get so all it's that like done. all the devices that all the, you mean do testing with it, all the devices that you think are going to be. You mean the majority of the devices that are going to be majority, on the network. Yeah. 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 So you like what yeah. are the laptop bills you're using? Yeah, what yeah. are the what are the handsets or the, the smart devices that people are using within your building? And it's that drivers, but also the OS yeah. re, iOS yeah. levels and the OSs that they're running because that can all help to change the yeah, how the device works. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, absolutely to back that point up that oh, thank you. you need to, <laughs> but you you need to hammer hammer the point home in these uh, in these projects that we're all working on that you know it's, it's a very easy thing to identify as a as a as an optional thing potentially that you know somebody that's in control of the budget might say well do we really need to do a site survey do we really need to spend that much time and someone testing? will be pushing back somebody somebody in that process yeah. will be going mm, do we have to, why should yeah, we pay for that do we have to pay yeah. for that and it's like good, points. And yeah yeah and i i mean i see that all the time with some in enormous customers that you think really should uh, really should know better that uh, you know it, it ends up either you pay it up front and you pay you invest that money up yeah. front in getting the design correct getting your rf environment as, as optimized as it can be up front or typically you spend twice that later yeah. uh, and then by that point you've got clients yeah. uh, you've got you've got end users that are disrupted um, yeah. and it becomes a much bigger problem to solve okay. so yeah. yeah i would 100% uh, advocate you know, site surveys. Glad that's not changed in the three <laughs> no, years. Yeah. It? And, it's the re- and that's <laughs> the amazing, funny thing about Wi-Fi technology, mm. isn't it, Mark? That, that yeah. it's not. It's nothing's changed from that perspective. Yeah. I mean, it might be new and fancy, but it's a bit like your driving test. Doesn't matter if you're driving a Porsche or a blooming or a, or a, yeah. or, a, or a Fiat 100. Yeah. Or Fiat 500, sorry. I don't think it was a 100. Yeah, Fiat 500. <laughs> you still got to be able to... It, those principles still the same. Still Driving right. still the same. And Wi-Fi is still the same. Uh, still wireless. I've got some cracking analogies to that. Yeah, you are um, on fire. <laughs> so from a hardware perspective, are we, 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 are we bringing out new access points? Yeah. To go first? yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I'll, let me explain the uh, the on-prem um, access points first, and I'll, I'll, Brett will tell you about the, the Maraki ones. But um, yeah, so... Uh, on the Cisco on-prem side, we're bringing out a new portfolio. So you may have heard already, but everything is Catalyst. So we've got a new Catalyst wireless LAN controller, and we're following that with Catalyst uh, 9100 series access points. So, so what's the name? What's the name? And so we got the, the Catalyst 9800. Is it? So it'd be the 9800 for uh, the wireless LAN controller, which is the 9800 wireless LAN controller controller solution. Is probably the best way to put it because it comes in a couple of ways. I see you rolling your eyes, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why you do, it's good for podcasting rolling eyes. But they're not yeah. supposed to know I'm doing it. Yeah. But um, yeah, so the, the 9800 solution gives you the option to have an appliance, a virtual image in both private or public data centers or embedded within a switch. And then we have the access points, which again, we're following our typical standard of low, medium and high um, uh, standard as far as the access points are concerned. So we'll initially release some low end access points, um, which is the 9115 and 9117. And then in June, July time, we'll be releasing a, a 9120, which is our mid-range, equivalent to the, the AP2800 um, in the AC range. And then towards the end of the year, we'll bring out our high-end access points. And what are the big differentiating features between those sort of small, medium, high? Yeah, so the main, the key differentiator, in fact, is um, they're all obviously uh, Wi-Fi 6. Mm-hmm. They've all got the, uh, the, the standard features of OFDMA and all mm-hmm. the rest of the stuff. But there's one key differentiator um, within our high-end access points, which is going to be the RF-ASIC. 
Okay. So if you're familiar with clean air that we've had for many, many years, this is the 2.0 um, version on heat, the ultimate of RF, <laughs> which is going to which is going to solve every problem going. But uh, so what this essentially does, um, it really does the clean air functionality, but it offloads a lot of the um, radio resource management from the actual radio servicing client chip to this RF dedicated chip. And um, so amongst that, we can offload um, sort of like the uh, rogue access point detection, the WIPs, the neighborhood discovery, but the key one is RF fingerprinting. So we can actually fingerprint uh, every device when it connects to the network based upon its RF signature, which, you know, it, it is a first in the industry. You know, there's no one else in, in the industry that's got this capability. This is a, a Cisco unique offering that we can do. Um, but, you know, the reason why we got this because I can mimic other devices. You know, I can, we, we look for DHCP headers and HTTP headers, so we know what kind of device it is. We know um, what browser it's using, what firmware it's got. But all of those can be spoofed. You know, I can get a software off the internet and I can spoof that quite easily. With the RF signature, you can't. It's very, very, very difficult to spoof that. You know, it's, it's all about the actual how the hardware is is built in the silicon, how it's doped, how the how the connections are soldered correctly. All those things add up to a unique signature. So when it transmits, there's to be a little glitch in there which identifies that device. So you're saying that you know my iPhone here, which is an iPhone success, is going to be have a different signature to somebody else's iPhone success, even Correct. though everything else will be identical Absolutely. apart from the way it, the way it speaks effectively. Absolutely, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Every it's piqued my interest accent. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's not yeah. me. I mean, you probably detected my Brummie accent coming across. No, I hadn't noticed, I hadn't no, noticed I, it I at all. I didn't even know. I do speak the Queen's English occasionally. But, um, uh, but yeah, oh, that's it's, really cool. It's exactly like that. It's a signature for every single device. Now, obviously, how we utilize that going forward is, is going to be the real exciting thing. So there's going to be more development in that and how we use it as part, as part of our advanced whips. So talking about security, so all of a sudden yeah. I'm interested. Oh, no, he's interested. We're bringing out <laughs> new controllers and the high end, uh, eight, high end of the APs will have these RF new RFA6 in there. Absolutely, they will. So the high-end ones will have this RFA6 uh, and that will do all the, all the clean air stuff. And actually, we've stolen something from Meraki. So, uh, so we've actually, uh, we'll be using, and, and, you get this word, uh, intelligent antennas as well. So we'll be able to detect the type of antennas connected to the access point and set up the parameters. Uh, automatically, instead of you actually yeah. going manually yeah. into it. Okay, yeah. oh, brilliant. So we've stolen that from Meraki, which kind of... I know, stolen it. They're, they're part <laughs> of the same family. The family. <laughs> Crikey. <Yeah>. So comfortable. <laughs> oh, Plagiarise them. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right, fair enough. So what's going on from Meraki? Well, it's all going on in Meraki. As always is, yeah, I know, I know. We all love Meraki. I've got Meraki in my motorhome. I've got Meraki in my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. First world problems. I know. So, yeah, we've got, uh, I mean, similar to, uh, as Jason described, obviously, maybe not obviously, but... Um, no, obviously, you do need new infrastructure hardware. You need new APs. So we have two new APs that Ooh. are launched and on the market today uh, from all good Cisco resellers, the MR45 and MR55. So these are our high-end uh, Wi-Fi 6 APs. What's the difference between the 45 and the 55? Oh, very good About question. 10. Yeah, <laughs> approximately. Shut up. Something <laughs> has to be approximately. It is ten. <laughs> so uh, they are actually uh, fifty-five. Isn't double forty-five? But it's double as good. So we've got <laughs> we've got eight. Uh, <laughs> 
we edit that bit out? No, that's, no, that's brilliant. <laughs> double is good. Marketing people are turning in the grave right now because Mark, Brett says it's doubly good. Yeah, the new marketing lady who's joined us won't go, yeah, we're going to take this off the air. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's well like brilliant. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it? it's banging. Says the posh lad from Newbury. <laughs> so 4x4, four 4-stream four, four versus 8x8, eight 8-stream, eight, eight basically. Okay. So, so uh, the 55 is the new AX one then? Exactly eight right. 8 by 8 Yeah. Yeah, eight by eight. So top end, uh, top end Wi-Fi six AP in the Bracky portfolio. Um, in terms of, uh, so one of the things that's quite nice is it uses the same um, the same license as every previous Meraki AP. So if you're uh, if you're replacing a legacy Meraki access point, then you just plug it in. You uh, unplug your old one, and you can continue to use the same license that you were using. Oh, oh, that's just a beautiful thing, is it? I wish <laughs> <laughs> we need to take some lessons from that for sure. <laughs> So yeah, it's, uh, it's we don't talk be... about licenses, all right? No, no, that's sorry. Right. Have I let us down a uh... first rule of no, license? I think, club. I think Tyler just mentioned it anyway, yeah. but I might edit this bit out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's there. It's in the portfolio. It's there and available today. Now. Lovely, right? Great, um, Mark. Have we missed anything? I don't think we have. I think we have done Wi-Fi six justice. On we this have justice, and we've done it in sub the hour. I know, which is impressive <laughs> with these which two guys. The hour and yeah. a half podcast yeah. Yeah. we did for for the for the we last. Don't have to split that's it. why we have to do over episodes four and five because <laughs> these two wouldn't shut up. Um, great guys, thank you so much um, for coming in today. Hopefully, it won't be Welcome. three years till the next time you come. Yeah, I hope on. so. Welcome back, Mark. Thank you. Missing you, Joachim. I have to say that because otherwise I get fired. Um, thanks very much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If you want to contact the podcast, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at, at Justin Wollen. You can email me at justin.wollen at cisco.com two o's one l, And you can uh, find us on LinkedIn as well. Search for Mark Jackson, Justin Wollen. You can search for Brett Martin on there. He's full of information on, on uh, LinkedIn. And Jason Tyler, I don't think you're on LinkedIn. No, I am. It's the only thing I am. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, all right, guys. Uh, thanks very much for listening. 